Welcome to the Forge by Steel podcast, week 11 edition. This is Shane McDonald. Hey, and we're back after a big-time victory against the New Orleans Saints this past weekend. Hey, kind of like a first reaction type situation. Uh, you know, a lot of people are – for some reason this week comes into discussion that you don't hear much around Pittsburgh is – should the team be taken for a draft pick? One thing you can guarantee about the NFL, one thing that I love about the NFL, is you're not going to hear about tanking in this in this situation, especially with the Steelers. The reality is, guys, we kind of talked about this last week, this team is more than likely going to end up with a top 10 or top 15 pick in the draft. It's more than likely not going to be in the top five. So a lot of the pipe dreams about having – you know, a, a big-time chance that maybe the best defense player in the draft uh, is, is very unlikely. So uh, just just keep that in mind. Of course, for me, every week, every week, and I think most of you are the same, I think journalists are the ones who buy into tanking. We're here for the wins, baby, every week. And so Steelers pick up their third win of the season. Uh, they are 3-6. and six. Uh as far as, you know, just key performances, wanted to go through the list of things that I had. Uh, the Steelers' rushing attack. Uh, they had 200 rushing yards. The last time that they had 200 rushing yards was 2016 Bills uh, game. Uh, and that's, that's courtesy of Alex Kozar on Twitter. Um, that's incredible. We're talking six years. Um since the last time they had a rushing game like this, that's how significant it was. And especially when you consider how bad it's been at times this year, I think Najee Harris was a big winner in this football game. Yes, he had a fumble, and he hardly ever fumbles. Um, But what an incredible game by him. This is the first time this year that I've seen the kind of player that you want Najee to be, and I think everybody feels the same way, all of you watching it. And that's my takeaway. If he keeps running like this and he runs like that on a week-to-week basis, then it's it's going to be a lot different story as far as how we perceive Najee Harris and how we perceive this running attack. The offensive line was tremendous in the running game, and I think we're starting to see that a little bit more. Um, they they definitely have improved. Um, I think I think James Daniels has turned into a pretty good guard. Um, look, going forward, I keep wondering, hey, what are they going to do next year? Um, because I think obviously, if you keep low, you look around the roster, you wonder, hey, what could we do next year? I don't know. You know, I think Dan Moore is okay at left tackle, I, and I think I really do think that is a, an area of need. If you find some, you know, if you were able to find a potential high pedigree player, but I think he's serviceable. Uh, Kevin Dotson is one that I think has struggled at times, probably a good run blocker, not as good in pass protection. Mason Cole is a solid player, but someone who could probably be replaced, even though I have to say if we didn't sign Mason Cole, this this season would look a lot different. He's a very valuable football player. Because can you imagine if Kendrick Green had to play with this team currently and who knows what his situation is and how he looks in practice. But I know last year it just looked, looked like he was not NFL caliber. Um, but anyway, just looking at uh, – and, of course, Chooks Okorafor, you know, 
they do have the out in his contract next year, so we'll see, um, you know, how that how that shakes out. But regardless, they they played so much better. Uh, there there was some pressure on Kenny Pickett in this game, um, but Kenny has to get better at pocket presence. And I think if we were thinking about one thing that he really needs to improve on, it is that hanging in the pocket, stepping up, making plays. A lot of times he tries to escape outside the pocket, and there's nothing wrong with that, you know, as far as, like, designed outside-the-pocket runs. But one of his problems is he'll drift, and he drifts so far out of his protection that there's no help, and then, it, you know, it's he's, he's dead in the water. And he did do a good job of getting rid of the football once he was out there, but he's got to be able to step up and make those big-time plays. But so running game-wise, man, it was incredible. And they time of possession, it looked like a Bill Cowher game out there. They had 79 plays in nearly 39 minutes of time of possession, just a dominating performance. Um, and, and there were many times in this game where, you know, if they were more explosive offensively, probably would have put this game away. The defense was phenomenal. Uh, the defense played one of its best games, and there is no doubt there is no doubt that the main reason for that is T.J. Watt. And Alex Highsmith, I believe, just got the AFC Defensive Player of the Week. He had an incredible game statistically. Um, you saw his pass rush moves. I know there's one time that I watched in the game where he, he puts a quick spin move on a guy that is just incredible. Um, and he pulls that out once or twice a game, and it's lethal, man. It's lethal. And you're starting to see that, I think, that when Alex Highsmith gets a one-on-one matchup, He's a really good football player. He is a really good edge rusher, and that's 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 very encouraging for the future. And of course, he you know he still has another year left on his deal. But T.J. Watt getting double teamed, triple teamed, uh, picked, and and every kind of chip you can imagine from tight ends and backs. They did everything they could have done to try and stop T.J. Watt, and still at times you can't. But the reality is it gets other people one-on-one matchups. And I think everybody realizes the impact that it had on Alex Highsmith. But look at the impact it had on the defensive backs. You, All of you that have watched the Steelers team this year, we've watched Levi Wallace get just abused at times. Um, and we've watched, we've watched what happens um, in the secondary, especially without Minka Fitzpatrick. Minka didn't play in this last game after he had an appendectomy. Uh, last weekend, which, by the way, update on that, he's already practicing. So the chances of him playing this weekend pretty high, which, you know, never I would never doubt Minka Fitzpatrick if the doctors will allow him to play. But DeMonte Casey comes in. First game of the year that he's gotten to play and is lights out. I mean, he was lights out. Didn't know if they'd even roll with him because Minka ends up getting the emergency appendectomy. I believe that was that news broke Saturday. And Casey, for probably just trying to catch up, tried to trying to get his trying to get his legs underneath him, and he's like, hey, you're going to start, man. And he just did a tremendous job. And obviously he's been a starter in the past uh, elsewhere, and he was ready for it. What a, what a great signing that was. And uh, I'd, I'd love to be able to keep him in Pittsburgh more than this year. It was a one-year deal. But so we go to the key moment of the game. Key moment of the game was two of them, really. But so there's 12 minutes left in the fourth quarter. And 
a game that looked like it could have got out of hand um, was was really in a in a toss up situation, um, and Demonte Casey intercepts that ball with 12 minutes left in the fourth quarter, and you just felt you felt the wind, you felt the air come right out of the Saints, and of course we've seen that so many times with Andy Dalton that quarterback. I'm still really perplexed. Can you imagine rooting for a team that has decided Andy Dalton is the quarterback no matter what? Another situation that was huge, we get to the – we get – it's fourth and one with 7.45 to go and stopped them again. Fourth and one and stopped them. Um, and so just a huge, huge moment in the game. Um, they – the defense played out of their mind. Uh, they they probably couldn't have they couldn't have been in a better situation, and so I, I'm encouraged for the second half of this season. I think there's a as long as the defense plays like this, and I know that you might be saying, "Hey, that's that's asking a lot," and it is, and that hey, it was against the Saints, and I understand all those things about expectations, but this defense that was a great performance, and if they can do that on a weekly basis, we'll be at every game now. Offensively, they're going to have to play better to be able to outscore teams, and there's going to be a great test this week against the Bengals. Um, so, but uh, I think I think that pretty much covers a lot of the positives from this game. There was there was quite a few, um, but the negatives, man, um, and, and it comes down to uh, Matthew Wright, the kicker for the Steelers, and of course you guys know Chris Boswell hit the injured reserve this past uh, past week and, you know, we'll be out for at least four weeks, which is pretty devastating for this team as good as he's, he's been automatic for a long time. Somebody that's easy to take for granted. And Wright comes in here and misses two big-time field goals. And in a game that was, you know, it ended up being, decided, you know, being a 10-point game, but there were many points in this game where especially with this offense, that three points is huge. This this Steelers team has to have the three points when they can get it. And, of course, part of that, too, is Kenny Pickett has to play better in the red zone. The Steelers have to be better in the red zone. But you got to be able to get points when you can get them, okay? So because they signed Matthew right off the practice squad, I don't know that a lot of, they have a lot of other options. They're going to roll with him. And so – Hopefully he improves because we might be looking at him for the next three weeks unless this is just a complete meltdown this week. Hopefully he'll improve. Um, but so just can't say enough about T.J. Watt. T.J. Watt's, no matter what anybody says, T.J. Watt is the most valuable defensive player in the NFL. And I realize that, you know, because statistically he, there's no chance of him being the, you know, repeating as the defensive player of the year. But he is incredibly – he's the best player on the Steelers, and, it, and it's by far. And, and the entire team is better because of him. There aren't many players in the NFL, in the history of the NFL, that do what he does for an entire defense. It's incredible. And it's just fun to watch. Enjoy it. Soak it in, man. Another key thing that I wanted to talk about just from this game was the impact of Chase Claypool because this is the first game that they played without him. Uh, they 
they did have uh, they had it looked like Stephen Sims is going to be the beneficiary. He played the most. Um, he did he did make a play. Um, you know, as far as uh, you know, just him being dynamic. Um, I there, but there really wasn't. I thought there'd be like a, a larger target share for other people. I think the reality is the Steelers are just not going to. They're not going to be a heavy throwing team this year. You're not going to see a ton of targets for other people. And so uh, I, I really think you can tell Steven Sims wants to do well. You can tell he's working hard. Hopefully, um, you know, we'll see some more out of him. And I'd love to see Michael's Miles Boykin get some opportunities as well. And seeing a little bit of both of them, just not really, not really huge impacts on the game. And I think, of course, the, the other big thing, we could talk about him every week, uh, but Jalen Warren, Jalen Warren is a heck of a find, man. How good is Jalen Warren? Jalen Warren out of the backfield, Jalen Warren running downhill. Jalen Warren just makes plays. He's a football player. And I'm really glad that, you know, whatever it was that got Najee Harris back this week to be the player that he was for one week, and hopefully we could, we could pick up on that. Maybe it was coaching. Maybe it was Najee himself realizing, hey, I need to – I've got pressure here. Whatever it was, Najee looked like he was a different player. He looked like he's running like he should be running for his size of what he looks like. and He should be a downhill runner. And in the NFL, you're not going to be able to bounce everything. He's And, and as good of an athlete as he is, I'm not trying to downplay that he's not a good athlete. He's not a big, big play threat. And we knew that. Like, that's the one thing in Alabama I heard the the announcers talking about this at this past week. We knew coming out of college that he wasn't the home run threat. That's not who Najee Harris is. Najee Harris makes – he makes really great plays. He's a heck of an athlete. But he's a – he should be the bell cow type back that runs it down your throat, not necessarily big, big plays for 60 and 70 yards. That's not who he is. And you can already see that, you know, and we've seen that his entire NFL career so far, and I know it's not that long. We're talking about a year and a half. But he, this is, I think this is who he is as far as big play home run. But can he get a 30-yard run? Yeah, heck yeah, he can. And that's the kind of guy he needs to be, the chunk guy, small chunks, five, six yards, and then and then be able to bust one at, one at some point. Might not be as... It might not be like Jalen Warren. The truth is, I think Jalen Warren could hit one. But that's not who Najee Harris is. That's fine. But just be who you are, and hopefully we can get him to be that that guy. But anyway, going back to Chase Claypool real quickly, because I want to touch on this. I've And every Steeler fan should probably be in the same boat. And I want Chase Claypool to do well. not trying to say I don't. But two games into the Chase Claypool experience in Chicago, he's made minimal impact. And the Bears are doing well offensively, not trying to discredit that. Two losses since he's came over. And if you're like me, my favorite team outside of the Steelers has now become anybody the Bears are playing because the lower the lower they sink, the better that second-round draft pick becomes. And right now I believe it's they're the number six pick after another big loss last weekend against the Lions. They play the Falcons this week. The Lions, I mean, I'm sorry, the Falcons uh, not having a great year. 
but I'm going to be a huge Falcons fan again this weekend, baby. So <laughs> if the Steelers end up getting, you know, if this becomes top 10 pick in the second round next year, there's just there's no way that this wasn't a big win as far as trading Chase Claypool uh, two weeks ago. Um, and so, hey, just some things around the league. Uh, if you watched that Vikings-Bills game, was that not incredible? Oh, my goodness, after the Steelers game was over, I checked into that. Incredible. Just an incredible finish. If you haven't got a chance to, to see it, just just go back and, and watch the end of it. Watch the highlights because the Bills – the Bills, the, I'm sorry, the Vikings are driving down the field late. They they end up getting stopped inside the one yard line. Uh, they're they're down by I think they're down by four. They end up getting stopped inside the one yard line uh, with with less than a minute to go. And the and and Josh Allen fumbles fumbles the snap on the next play, and the Vikings end up not with a safety. They end up with a touchdown and getting a three-point lead on the Bills at the end of that football game. And if you haven't got a chance to watch uh, their their play-by-play announcer, there's a a video on Twitter of him just emotionally so invested into this football game. He even shouts, Vikings are going to win. Well, the Bills drive down the field and kick a field goal, of course, because that's what they do. It goes to overtime. Vikings driving down the field. They get inside the five-yard line and don't score a touchdown. And so it comes down to the Bills driving down the field and throwing an interception late in overtime. Just an incredible finish. Um, So game of the week, game of the – maybe game of the year. Just been an incredible, incredible experience that last few minutes of – of regulation and then overtime. And then um, hey, as far as looking forward, we play the Bengals in week 11. This time we get them at home. As you guys know, hey, earlier this season, Steelers were able to come away with a win in the first week of the season. Um, there's a lot of things you could say about the differences in the teams. Obviously, the Bengals are playing a little bit better at this point in the season. Um, but Jamar Chase is going to be out. Uh, that's a big key to this football game, obviously. Um, he's, he, uh, you know, you're not hearing a lot as far as like his injury updates, but he's definitely out. He's already been ruled out, um, with a hip injury and, uh, the Bengals offensive line, you know, not very good. So, and that was the biggest key in that first game. Um, they, TJ Watt feasted, Alex Highsmith feasted. Hopefully it'll be the same thing. That's really the key to the Steelers. Uh, winning this football game and, of course, not turning the football over offensively. But so the Bengal defense is nothing, you know, really impressive. uh, And they have injuries in the secondary. So um, it's it's a situation where they're they're not in the best of sorts going into this Week 11 game. Steelers, on the other hand, uh, fairly healthy. It does look like Mika Fitzpatrick is going to be a go. He did practice. Uh, this is Thursday. He did practice full participant. And uh, Akilo, Akilo Weathers, Weatherspoon 
um, is is did not practice, so I would assume he's probably not going to play. Usually, when a guy is not practicing on Thursday, it's not a good sign. Um, now, T.J. Watt and Hayward did not practice, but this is uh, they are resting. Uh, that was a normal resting day for them. Um, but so you get Minka back, T.J. Watt, obviously being T.J. doing T.J. Watt things. Uh, if the Steelers can run the ball effectively, like they did this past week, if they can start maybe stretching the field a little bit, making more plays down the field uh, to George Pickens and Deontay Johnson, who knows what can happen? Um, and I know that they, they're probably a big underdog right now. I haven't even checked um, the, the lines this week. Um, but this is a winnable football game. Uh, no matter what anybody says, they can beat the Cincinnati Bengals. Bengals are going to be hungry. Uh, Joe Burrow is probably upset about what happened last time. They've even said as such in the media. Uh, but we're looking forward to this game. I think it's going to be a great one. Uh, and, and the reality is, you look at the rest of the Steelers' schedule, this is one of the tougher games on the schedule. Uh, not that the Bengals have been world beaters this year, but this is one of the tougher games left on the schedule. Of course, they play the Ravens twice. Uh, but so, really looking forward to uh, recapping the next week's game. Thank you for ch- tuning in to the Forged by Steel podcast. And if they didn't notice, hey, the Pigeons were out at Eppershire Stadium, and the Pigeons are 2-0. So ride with the pigeons, baby. Till next time. See you.